I'm nobody. Uh, we have Patience Neno, of course, our creator, Laura Ferretti, Gabe, and then of course we have... I'm an existential experience, and on this episode we'll be talking about hierarchy, and yeah, boom, this is an improper podcast. So, so a lot of things thing. that we'll be seeing are extremely improper. Exactly. All of it. If you haven't noticed. Like when it comes to like art, then I don't think that it's really necessary to try to like change what you're doing to fit your audience better. Like when it comes to marketing, sure, that's like what the whole point is. But like if you make something and you feel like this is good, then honestly, fuck what other people have to say about it. Just because I feel like that's, or at least like in my own process, like the only thing that feels right and the only thing that feels good is what I do and what I think of it. And whenever I try to like integrate other people's perspectives into it, it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't quite, it doesn't come from the same place and it doesn't feel as authentic. So I don't think that it's necessary to compromise that. Maybe that's a problem of mine, but you know. Yeah, the, the problem with it, okay, in my situation was that um, me getting into the industry or at least getting the chance was sort of, was being like gatekept by the fact that the person who was my main contact and main way in there didn't like what I was writing or didn't think it was good enough for them to set up a meeting with someone else. And that was like, because the person I was talking to had like immediate access to who I would need to talk to in order to get the movie made and all this other stuff and get actual, like actual, I don't know, actually relevant feedback in terms of, you know, how to get there. But the person was blocking that because they didn't think it was, it, it didn't fit their own taste. And they didn't want to embarrass themselves by bringing me to the person having the script, I don't know, not being prepared or whatever. So that was really pissing me off because it was at the same time, it was like, you don't think it's good enough, but you're not giving me any advice in terms of how to make it better. So it was more just like, this isn't good. So you're just going to stay right here. And then I kept on like, doing like, I don't know, revising it, revising it, and, keep on, and kept on trying to give it to this person so that they could help me out. And it was just like, they're just like, no, 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 no. So that kind of made me fall out of love with the whole process. And because you're right in the sense that like, like you don't have to like share ideas to anyone, but at the same time, it's like, you got to start somewhere. Like someone has to help you out, you know? Yeah. I guess the question would be, Sukanya, how did you start? Like how... How, what, 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 what was the point where you were able to get in there? Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, you said to Kenya. I'm sorry. <laughs> About like getting in, in like what terms? Like how, like what was, what was your first step into like, like your first job? Oh, my shit was so crazy. So I had a spiritual awakening and I remember I didn't sleep for like a good week and a half straight. Like I just couldn't sleep. Like I would take 30 minute naps and stuff. And then it was one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and see one of my old high school teachers. And then I went to go and see one of my old high school teachers. His substitute teacher, like was make, was doing screen, like she was doing screenplay, but for theater. And then she was like, yo, I would really, I really want to introduce you to a guy who write books. I was like, okay, sure. Fuck it. Why not? And then I started doing like a little bit of film work with him, but it didn't stick. And then two days later, I was at school. My mom was like, yo, you should come home. I'm like, why? Because I have a, I have a friend who's a, um, a producer. Like he, he does production, yada, yada, yada. 
And then he he gave he kind of gave me that same energy, like mm, nepotism. That's not cute, but I'll still help you and I'll entertain you. And so he did. And then I ended up workshops. And then through workshops, I ended up. I think through ah through workshops, I ended up doing mini films. And then through those mini films, I ended up doing music videos. And then through music videos, I ended up writing my own shit. Like. I have two movie scripts and two TV series that I haven't fucking touched in six months because I'm just, I'm not there. And I just don't feel like there's creativity there, one. And it's the same thing with Gabe. Like, when I was talking to people about it, they were just like, yeah, that's cute. But, like, nobody really gave me the time of day. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to meet a nice white man. Or I'm going to meet a nice... <laughs> no. Black History Month, Sukana, God damn <laughs> I got it. I got it. Sometimes you got to use your colonizers, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> it ties into like the whole hierarchy thing, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a weird sort of speaking of like people thinking like senior work and being like, oh, that's cute. There's like a weird like metaphysical, like metaphysical component of art in the sense that like you don't think my work is shit because it comes from me versus if you saw like that. Um, it's like a director, like if you saw like Spike Lee or you saw um, the 12 Years a Slave director, what was his name again? Okay, why am I forgetting this? Um, if you saw some, whatever, if you saw some established director had a similar idea or similar script, you'd probably be like all over it and you probably would like, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's that's so just maybe it's just human nature to not take someone seriously unless they have other people who take them seriously already. Mm-hmm. And that like immediately just adds some sort of value or validation to their work. But that just has, that's just has been pissing me off, I think, about the whole movie process. You're talking about absolutely zero experience yeah. with any of this uh, industry, but it seems to me like there's three barriers in entry for you guys, and that's validation, uh, integrity, and what's the third one? Fuck. Damn, I just had it. Um, Yeah, because like there, there clearly has to be a balance. Like Sukina, you know, your algorithm, which you know basically just sounds like you know ten crack commandments, um, <laughs> is. I mean, if it's working for you, that's fantastic. But David, it definitely sounds like a major aspect is gaining like traction and notoriety, and you know, people being aware of not just who you are, but the connections that you have. So even Sukina, when you were explaining your story, it sounded like you accrued a lot of experience that to you in retrospect isn't really much, but it really adds to like your, you know, CV for the industry. I think it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's especially hard if like the one thing that you're starting out with, like in terms of me, like having like a really like um, high concept sort of movie, it's actually a little concept, I think, in terms of like um, whatever. But having like a really like big idea and trying that, having that be your first thing that you want to get done, and like having like because there's just obviously there's so many more obstacles when it comes to like to that like versus like having like a like a short film or something. But if the one thing that I want to get done first to get some traction, it, one thing that I'm most most creative about, most most like passionate about, is the one thing that's being blocked. It's like I want to get this done so i can you know have i don't know maybe like a boost in morale to like push me through so i can get more stuff done but since this is this is being stopped it's like fuck like 
Like I want to get over this hurdle so I can keep on going, but this is like just killed the whole, all my motivation to just like to push forward. If that makes sense, you know. I'm exactly where. Sorry. Okay. Would you consider it to be a reality check, Dan? I, I I'm hoping I'm hoping not. I'm hoping I'm hoping not. I'm hoping in the sense that it's more so just because part of me, like the, the depressive like realist part me is like oh this is just how the way this is just the way the world works you know um versus i'm just dealing with someone who's just difficult or um self-absorbed you know not helping me out but some part of me is just like you know people just don't people just can't get past that like what i was saying the metaphysical part of art in the sense that if you're not someone who's known as a creator like they're just not going to think that what you've made is a valid creation just I'm, i'm hoping that's not the case but i think it is and i think that's like I think the lucky the lucky part of film is that you have to meet someone who doesn't think that way and then they'll take a chance on you because you don't have anything to show for it. Like someone believing you is very hard. Because it's a lot of shooting in the dark, even, it sounds like, yeah. yeah. Even, even when you do, I think that if you're a person who um, expresses your work without expecting anything in return, people can really take advantage of that, which is what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Because that's something that really disheartened me is when you you're told that what you're doing is really really good, but then you're getting nothing to show for it, and you're being asked to yeah. do more, but you're still getting nothing to show for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna. You you should be at the point where just kick it into the sinks gear it sounds like because you already have the validation from other creators and people that are using your content and if you're not getting the recognition from that through that avenue then it sounds like you've already kind of got the green light to not necessarily go freelance on it but at least take a couple shots in the dark and take some chances and at least you know you might be getting some credit for the work that you're doing finally yeah yeah i was going to also say going on the topic of black history month a lot of industry, like, they're not even just, a lot of them are hoteps. And I don't know if a lot of people are knowledgeable with the term hotep, but they're very, damn, I feel like I'm going to get canceled if I say the things I'm going to say. But fuck it. Um, they're, they're, like, they're people who have gone to prestigious universities, who have been centered around a lot of Caucasian people. So that's where their validation comes from. And that when they see an, like another Black person trying to do the same thing that they did, they go, well, they didn't have my education. They didn't jump through the hurdles that I went through. And they kind of like diminish you in a lot of ways. Like a lot of actors, a lot of well-known, famous Black actors are extremely snobby. They're extremely stuck up because they've had to from that role in order to not only accepted but seen on the same level or higher as their counterpart caucasian producers or actors and you know stuff like that denzel doesn't have as much credit as brad pitt does or as george clooney does but we know that and he knows that so it's the yeah. fact of accepting and knowing what certain things are internalizing them accepting them and then letting go of them so it's like Somebody tells you, okay, well, you're not going to make it. There's a hundred people who can tell you that you're not going to make it, but you just need that one person. And I know that sounds like cookie cutter, Hallmark, freaking card-ish, but yeah. it, it's, it's I had 
I had that moment of extreme, like, I'm never going to make it, realism, depression. And then I came to the terms where I was like, you know what? I am going to make it, you know? And it might not be how I want it to be, and I might struggle, but, like, I still am going to make it. Also, I think that if anything, like, if you know your own taste level, then one way to, like, I mean, you can just start putting yourself out there without necessarily, like, telling the whole world about the script right so, so even if it's just like you know try out making a short film even if it's just like a couple minutes long just so that way like at least people know like the level of quality that you have to bring forward so you know just keep yourself busy because it's gonna happen like it's really just it's a fucking great script game like shit i need to read this please i really do so I really feel like it's only a matter of time but you just kind of have to have like you know little wins that kind of feed your self also Gabe I just want to ask you is there anyone else who is like kind of helping you with this project or is it just you on your own no it's funny Um, it's -hmm. funny because like I've had I reached out to other and I hate to make this whole story about something in my life but I reached out to someone else to have them read the script and they read it and they gave me, it's like, it's so strange to me. Like they did basically the same thing where they said, um, the, the main. Main character, phenomenal. they are horrible. They lack life. They're just not criticism. Um, but they, they didn't, they didn't give me any way to fix that. You know, like just not, there was no, there's no like, I don't think like no suggestions. It was more so just like I'm I'm in the position that's higher than you in this like industry, and I've done more stuff. So I'm just going to give you what my idea of your script is, not how to fix it, even though not how to fix it, not who to tell you who to connect you to to fix it. Just like blatant criticism, and then you can take it or leave it, and then that's it. You know what so, I feel like you. They ain't really shit. Because it's like, it's easy to criticize, but then when it comes to like actually trying to improve something that that requires like mm-hmm. an under- understanding of what you're dealing with. Yeah. So in that case, you're kind of dealing with people that are like just too busy jerking themselves off to actually give a shit. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think too. Do you feel, you feel like the, the, the feedback that they gave you was just blatant criticism and in no means constructive? Because I mean, I don't really know much about the situation, but it sounds to me like this might actually be how it's perceived when you're receiving it right so it seems like in it sounds like to me constructive criticism and solutionism is kind of this one and the same like you wanted somebody to tell you what was wrong with the script and also fix it yeah because i think i think the latter is more important don't you think i think i think if you're gonna give someone like dude if i told you like i didn't like you but i didn't tell you like any of the reasons why i didn't like you or or whatever it's just it's just weird it's why it's like why are you giving that first you know part in the in the you know, in the first place, like why, why is, why is diagnosing the, the, the problem like more important than, you know, subscribing a solution to it? I just don't see, like, that's not why I sent the script to you. You know, that's just, I think that's weird. You, you're not, you're not a, and I think again, like going back to jerking yourself off, it's more so just saying that the opinion that I have over your script is valid because of the person that I am. So take it or leave it. Not necessarily. I want to help you, but rather I want to validate my own view of your work. Mm-hmm. So here is my opinion, but th- that's not what I was asking for, you know. Maybe they're just not passionate about it. 
because if you if yeah. you were passionate about the subject, you would want to see it come to fruition, right? Yeah, yeah, and I can't blame them for not being passionate about it because you know it's not their work. You know, it's my work. Yeah, yeah. I, you have to. There are a lot of, especially in the states. There's an African film festival in New York that places only African films. They do screenwriting workshops. They do contests. Like they do stuff like that. That's validation from people who literally work in that strict domain that, you know, you could could always venture out into and stuff like that. You have to look for things. Your story needs to be told by your people for your people. So you need to hint to those people in, in the sense that like, like specific, especially art is so, I think art is extremely grotesque and very depressing because the, the sole fact that we need validation for people to be able to love our work. And I always think about um, uh, Basquiat and how he literally killed himself off of the face that he didn't want validation, but everybody kept trying to validate his work. And so with that comes at that, it's his bliss. So just ignore that whole realism. We don't live in a real, like everything in this world is completely false and unreal. And so- <laughs> Like that shouldn't cause an issue in your brain because things that are quote unquote inevitable or quote unquote complex show depth and show art. So if somebody tells you that your work is unlikable or difficult to understand, that should pride you because it's like, ooh, my work is complex, bitch. You don't understand what the fuck I'm trying to say. So that, that makes even want to deep, like deep down want to, create tunnels and works like i was reading euphoria script and visually seeing it versus reading it i didn't understand shit and then for it to like come to life on tv i was so like amazed because you can't you don't know how things are going to turn out when they're on the script versus when they're on tv or you physically see the work so yeah 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 it's valid um i guess it's bringing it's also Part of it is bringing yourself to a better mental state because if you're not in a state where you feel confident in yourself, then you're not going to believe that you have the capacity to accomplish what you want to accomplish, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is honestly where I'm at right now. Not very self-confident. Yeah, but doesn't it piss you off in the sense that maybe it's just my personality where it's just like I see shit like like really popular TV. Oh, wait, sorry. I wanted to interject before. Have you seen Licorice Pizza? I want to see that so bad. I haven't seen it, no. That shit was terrible. <laughs> Thank you! Thank you! And there are so many critics saying how amazing it is. Yada, yada. It's a story. It's Ooh. a glorified story about a pedophile. Literally. Just because the director is like, like we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. That's the metaphysical value. Yeah. Glamorized yeah. Stuff. yeah. Just because Paul, what's his name? Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. He's a great director. That doesn't mean he can pull shit off like this. What? But yeah, but it's 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 cool because you can see through that veil of stuff. But for someone else, like if you handed in that same script that PTA handed in, maybe for that that movie, it would have been like, Laura, this is horrible. But if like, but if PTA exactly. handed that shit in, it would probably be like, oh my god, this is artsy. This is which is just so you know uh like uh like wow. a, i don't know different from like the you know the norm the structure whatever but they really think that because there is a metaphysical component of art where it's just like the value that you have as a social creator capital. The brand, social capital 
actually influences what people are seeing. Like it, there's a the metaphysical influences the physical aspect of the script, like whether or not it's good. So yeah, I mean, props <laughs> to you for seeing that shit. But but my main point before was like like that shit where it's like just because someone is established or they have some sort of clout or they they someone has believed in them up until that point and they've gotten that work across. Now, like you see that work and you're just like, holy shit, I could do so much better than that. And it pisses me off that people haven't like encouraged me or, you know, given me the time of day, you know, it's just so I can get to that point and actually make that shit happen because I could, if you just, you know, let me do that, make something a lot better than that too. So let's, sorry, I'm so sorry. I need to say this. Can we just quickly touch off on the, on the subject of school and ISA and how creativity wasn't very encouraged yeah that's school in general I mean yeah that's the things that you're I I mm, dang oh well you have such a different perspective to this because you're thriving I I at least that's what it was I was literally in this exact same all of the, these coherent thoughts and everything we had and I would Two months ago, and I'm gonna get the strongest reality check that's going to hurt you, but it's gonna make you so much better. You're fucking ego talking. It has that's already a- hurt me. <laughs> it's so saying, oh my god, I could do so much better. It's your ego saying, oh, I'm so pissed off. When you let go and you surrender to that, and you just come to terms with the fact that this person made it, that's great. Now I need to show the universe why I could do better. Going off hurts you way more than it hurts them because we're all trying to do the same. We're all trying to be creative, all trying to get awards. We're all trying to get something different. No, I was also going to say, like, I didn't even like look at it, (laughs) but that's like definitely like what I went through as well. Where for like the past, you know, few years, I would just kind of sit around brooding about how. I could do so much better than person A, B, and C. And then once I realized like, oh, I'm just kind of, I hate to use the same metaphor twice, but just kind of jerking myself off here, not really doing anything. Like, okay, like none of that fucking matters if it's all in my head. And that's like part of the reason I said improper because I was like, if I'm going to be better than them, I might as well have something to show for me being not they're, they're not they're not exclusive thoughts they're not exclusive thoughts i think i think they both can be true um i think you phys- i think you literally could be better than someone and you also it is your ego talking but as long as you're using that that sort of drive in like a positive sense not letting it like destroy you i yeah. think then destroy the, like that that okay that thought obviously can build resentment yeah. it's not not just oh. it's not just your talent oh, yeah. but also against like the way like, back hierarchies the way that things are structured and the way that people people with social capital just have like exponentially more opportunities than you because of their social capital. But mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's like that thought has always been positive up until recently. Cause like, I've always seen that like, damn, like, like, like I love this movie, but man, like if I had like this idea in my head, like if I had that out there and if I had the opportunity, I would have made, made something better. That's not just like, I don't think that's inherently negative, but I do think it could be dangerous. I think that one thing that kind of, because um, I've definitely also been in that headspace, one thing that kind of makes me like a little bit more optimistic is like the internet and the fact that like, okay, so like, you know, um, Faye in Euphoria? Have you seen it? Faye is oh, like, 
Yes. She porn star or a sex she got contacted like off of her instagram like they dm'd her and said you should come audition and so i'm just using that as an example to say that like while of course social capital is important there's also like you don't have to necessarily be anybody to put yourself out there and be seen by the right people you know the internet exists there are random strangers that will find your work and fall in love with it and share it to the right people you know so i don't think it's like you know, your immediate networks aren't necessarily always the most important um, factor. The, the gospel. You know, I was actually going to say that earlier that, like, in this day and age, recognition really, like, content speaks for itself, regardless of what avenues you use to, you know, get it out there. I mean, you have so many musicians, for example, that just, like, they have their laptop and they throw a beat together and... 80% of it is absolute garbage, but then the other 20% are absolute nobodies who become famous overnight simply because they created something that a lot of people really enjoy, you know? Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to do a, like a small film project or a, you know, anything like that, you know, you can still get recognition without having to use like the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's a, like, that's luck. Yeah, it's luck. But that's luck. If you know, yeah, yeah, I was about to say that's there's definite things that you can do, and that's just an example, but there's definite things that you can do to like improve your visibility. So, like, while in part it is kind of luck, but there's also like if you're just fucking persistent and use the right skills and tips and whatnot, then it's kind of I don't want to say a given, but you know, you'll get it somewhere. Actually, I don't feel like it is luck because I mean, Gabe, it sounds like to me you really think that what you're creating or at least what you're capable of creating could be so much better than what's already recognized based off of what was it social capital you were saying. So if that's the case, then really hypothetically, if you were to make this project, you know, to fruition on your own, as you wanted to do it, if it's that good, then it wouldn't be luck. It would speak for itself and it would become taken as the quality that it is. So I don't think I, I think more luck has more to do with it when you're using this, the hierarchy and you're using networks and you're finding that one individual who believes in whatever it is that you're doing you know because if you, oh. if you if you think you're capable of creating content that quality then i don't think it matters how you get it out there because in one form or another if it's that good then it will be recognized as such so i don't think luck has anything to do with it i think that's putting like an external uh limitation on why you're not where you where you want to be? I disagree. Mm-hmm. I, well, I kind of disagree too. I think because I think that if if someone does find randomly, like just if someone's searching the 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 ether of SoundCloud and discovers like you know that one dynamite song, I think that is subverting the hierarchy because that, that person if they didn't have SoundCloud, which is like a very valuable resource, if they didn't have SoundCloud, they'd have to go to different people and play mixtapes for for them, like how they used to do it, in like the like the nineties or whatever. So that would be, you know, sort of going through the hierarchy in like the very rigid way that this sort of gaining recognition and validation and then like subsequently have your, your art put out there after like trial, trial and error. I think that would be following the hierarchy. But then having someone just skip all through all that and having that one person who's like that, that, you know, person to make it happen for you, find your art there like that. That's luck. That's subverting the way that the system works. And that's why these companies and platforms like Instagram and, and SoundCloud are so valuable because they allow you to subvert the hierarchy because it's like everyone's sort of on a level playing field in terms of art. So 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I disagree. I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing, you know, in the sense of, I don't think, I don't think it's a bad thing in the sense of like, I, I, okay, I don't know. It it just is what it is kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. We can use TikTok as a, as an example, right? So there was this song, A B C D E F U, blah blah, blah that came out that went viral, right? And so basically, everyone was like, "Oh, this song became famous because this girl asked people to write her a song for her in the comments." But what it actually was was this singer already yeah. had a team behind her doing the work and her team commented the lyrics of her song and the audience thought that like they were a part of it and that's why it went viral the song went viral because i don't know so yeah i think that had a lot to do with i mean i hear either being either either luck or being in that circle where you have i don't think that's a circle i say utilizing the system like yeah, why? but you already have that. Like, how do you? As an even like, I don't get it. And there are other people that are going to be saying she has this person, this person, and this person in her circle, and it was destined that she would be successful. And so, of course, it's not exactly the same. Where, whereas, like in your case, you're talking about someone who like literally is already a working musician. But I just personally like, you know, if you if you have something that you want out, then I. I just don't really tend to rely on other people to create, uh, uh, to hand me the keys to the success that I want. And of course, yeah. like, that's like it works very differently. Like if you're talking about film, whereas like in your case, you absolutely need like things like funding. But I, I just think that there's a lot that you can do by yourself, and it just kind of takes like showing that you're fucking determined to get things moving. Yeah, yeah, and I think in a few cases that kind of mentality and kind of approach gets you not as much social uh what's i don't know people like uh people like doers you know yeah. i suddenly get like people that i haven't talked to in years in my dm saying like oh my god wow i really like that thing that you did and it's like oh, when people see that you're like moving fucking different then they kind of start to be a little like oh what's she doing what's you know so it you can build it up yourself. Yeah. Opinion. Mm, that's true. Because I remember when I was in film school, I got a lot of like Instagram DMs being like, oh, hey, Lara. So do you want to collab? Well, like every time I'm on like a dating app, someone's like, oh, like, do you want like, like an extra guest on your podcast? No, oh, but it never happened. <laughs> That was weird as shit, but it's like Why I'm getting apps to network. Doing it is like interesting. So okay, question then. Um I think I think I do have a big ego, but I, in terms of I think that does motivate me, but in terms of like everyone else, like, but I mean not I don't think not, not as big as Kanye. Um but in terms of because I'm I'm very driven by competition, I think. And I'm and for me, my problem that I was trying to outline here is that I'm not I feel like I'm not being able to be put in the competition and that's like that's perfecting my that's affecting that's the thing that's affecting my performance the most is that i'm just not even playing right now so for everyone else like what do you think if it's not ego that drives you towards success um like in marcos and like Sukenia's like um uh, in like their position like what what is it that drives you to you know that you align yourself on i guess me first 
what being the first one to do shit that nobody else has ever done. Mm-hmm. That's that. I really don't care about money. I don't care about like winning awards. I want people to look at my shit and copy it and start a wave. But at the originally at originally they'll know that I was the one who created it. But isn't That's that ego? Though? Isn't that ego? Uh, because as I came to the point, well, we all need an ego, but at the same time of coming to the point of also knowing that I, along other people, had a vision and that vision was what restored peace or whatever the hell it is. It's it's unilateral. So I really don't believe that ego is the force behind that for me. Peace is. I have it that resonates and connects people throughout the universe and shit it's bigger than what it really is people want fame out of spreading a message they want to tell stories that have never been told before by their country or by their tribe or by their heritage and make money off of that which is cool and all but people are just going to look at that and be like oh i never knew who fella kuti was before and now they're going to do their research and they're going to dive deeper into what is he he's yoruba right into Europe, into Yoruba history. So it's being able, like your ancestral ties, it's deeper than just film and it's deeper than just. Okay. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of. No, no, I disagree. Yeah. I want to call bullshit on that one just a little bit. I think I agree with, with Gabe here on this one. There's a lot of ego behind this because. Exactly. Yeah. How is, what what is it that like makes a distinction that original work makes you, makes it better than what everybody else is doing? Actually, not not just that though, not to that. There's not like, that. yeah, there's yeah. an implication that originality is better than uh, like being derivative. But, but, but not like, just that. I mean, okay, but Sukenia, like, like, Sukenia. Sorry, Sukenia. <laughs> Sukenia. Sorry, I'm so okay. sorry. No, Sukena. Yeah, I keep seeing the N. Like, I know, I see Kenya. To the, to the y. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Sukena, but here's the thing. Okay, let, would you still do the work you did, you would, you would do, you know, if you, if, you, okay, if you think that your art has the ability to change the world and you want people to, you want people to know that you're the first person to do it, would you still do it if your name wasn't attached to it? Like that, 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 yeah. well, you would still and do it. What I mean by touching the world is if I'm touching three, four people that are my world, and I did what I was set out to do. Okay, but if your name isn't that's your world. Wait, yeah. Sorry, I just want that. That's okay. That's something. Okay, that's something that I kind of did, where I was doing things, but my name was never there, and I didn't care at the time at all. Hmm. And I didn't care until I needed proof that I was doing something, and then it was like, oh, you can't use this. Hmm. You can't use this because they 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 they'll say you're plagiarizing. Plagiarizing my own work. What? Um, yeah, so that's like the realistic problem with that, I guess. And then it just disheartens you because you pour your heart out into something and then like, you know, there's some part of you that needs your ego to be, you know, coaxed and fed. But when you don't, when you don't have that being met, I mean, like at first it's, it's fine with you, but then when you realize that in order to do the things that you want to do, you need you need that work behind you and you can't mm-hmm. use your own work, you get very disheartened. I know, yeah. but that's a very specific situation that I just... Yeah, that sounds very... Uh, it sounds very, like, 
because I completely disagree in that regard. Like for the podcast, you know, I'm referred to as nobody. Like I prefer my name be edited out, and that's not. It's partially privacy, but as far as I'm concerned, like it doesn't particularly matter that I'm the person who's having these conversations and having these opinions because it could literally be anybody. So I feel like validation and recognition for what it is that you're doing has a strong attachment. Like the desire, like you said, to have that ego stroked is not something that's fixed. I think that's something that all individuals can, you know, work on and can be changed. Detach themselves from. Yeah. But I just okay, but I think that if you want your art to be influential, it will look uh like a philosopher, like I think his name is Peter Singer, he talked about these things called immortality projects where um, like people have kids because they they can live sort of vicariously through their kids and like they sort of have like they extend their lifeline you know people people build houses and whatever some project because they want to sort of extend the, the the scope in which they exist. So if you have work and you want that to be influential, and you want it to be sort of infinite infinitely influential in the sense that you're making a project that influences someone else's work and that subsequently influences someone else's work. The idea is that you want to live on through your projects, right? You want to be, you want aspects of your first project and aspects of your personality and your culture and your story to live on through, I don't know, generations onward. So, but, but isn't that at its heart, um, I don't know, doesn't that stem from you wanting to like be bigger than you are and be, you know, live sort of forever through through art and through work? Like, isn't that at, at the root of your ego? Yeah, it is, right? With yeah. not for me. Not That's really. one thing that I really don't really like about like I guess like new agey stuff because I think that that's perfectly fucking healthy. We're human. It makes sense to want to like like be self. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything wrong with like doing anything for ego purposes because that's how some of the greatest fucking things known to man have come into existence because yeah, yeah. be fucking bigger than they are. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think there's just a divide though. I feel like some people create for the sake of creation and others create for the sake of recognition. Oh, the days. Because it's like, even like as an artist, it's like, what the hell is that truck? Sorry, there was a Xanax truck outside. (laughs) Um, I think that as an artist, it's like, or at least for some, probably not for everybody, but it's like, the uh, the validation that you get from your work isn't always because other people like it, but it's because you yourself like have a taste level, and then when what you create meets that taste level, like that's kind of what like fuels your ego a little bit. So it's not always about other people, and so in that sense, I think that it's like healthy to want to fuel your ego because that means that you're consistently achieving at your taste level. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's that's fueling ego. That sounds to me more like you're pushing yourself sim- for the sake of personal growth. Like you just have a certain standard that you hold yourself to. But specifically, seeking influence is seeking influence inherently based on you having an ego, having a big ego. No, I think it can kind of be, you know, kind of like Sukana said, like it can be for like a higher purpose. For example, like if you are like trying to. Or like celebrities like that partner with like UNHCR, for example, like they're using their influence to, you know, draw attention to a larger cause. So I don't think it's really bad. Yeah, influence is an incredibly useful tool, not you know, regardless of the, the media, even outside of art, you know, even in like tech industry, it's just something that's essential to 
and I and I don't disagree. I don't disagree on that at all. But what I mean is having your artwork, your the thing that you've created, having s having like different components and the essence of that live on in the works of other people, and specifically wanting that. Because if you are your art and you want your art to live on through other people, that means that you want to live on through other people as well. Like, but mm -hmm. why would you want to do that if you didn't have an ego? If you didn't feel like you you deserve to live on forever. So like why where does that come from? I think ego is fear of death is one of the most human things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Period. So even yeah. if it's not intentionally, you know, of a narcissistic nature, I think like just a subconscious concept that, you know, eventually you as an individual yeah. will die and therefore you want to prolong that as much as you can in every facet of your life, whether that be creating artwork having fucking kids, you know, like mm -hmm. the continuation of like, at least what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, acknowledgement of your existence. It's just like, a, yeah, it's not great. I just think that's fascinating though. That's crazy yeah. though, because like, I think it's biological. Like, it has to be. Yeah. It, I think it's biological too. I think that like, if you think of like, um, I don't know if you've seen the, the movie Coco, but like in Coco, like they talk about the day of the dead. Right. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They talk about like the day of the dead. And it's like you die. It's like you die once, and that's your physical body dying. But then you die a second time when, like, the last so person on earth. Yeah, when the last person on earth like says your name, right? So if you think about it that way, where you're trying to extend your the your life force even past your actual like your name and have your existence be the last essence of like your 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 being in your art in someone else's art too. Like I, I think that's crazy because if you think like. You think like the way stories work, like you have like the Bible, or, like like religious text at the top, and then you have like different subsets of that, like 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 Shakespeare's work, and then like I don't know, uh, like uh, what's that the guy who wrote? Um, I think Dante's work, and like uh, just like you have all these different like influences of story, but at the top, it's like that's the most significant story because it was able to influence all the other ones. So if you, if you as a creator are at that top, like you've made that like that most influential work, it's like you're prolonging your life way more than, I don't know. If you have the most influential ideas, it's like you get to live longer than everyone else. So I, I think that's... Yeah. I've yeah. thought about that a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I like looking at... Um... It's Zucania. I can't, I, Zucania. I can't hear you. Oh. No, you yeah. I saw your mouth moving a bunch. Well, so this whole time I've been trying to say stuff and you guys haven't been able to hear me. Yeah. Oh, everyone just talking over you. That's fucked. <laughs> had a whole monologue. You might be driving in your industry, but in here, in this in this pen. Mm -hmm. Sorry. You guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Oh. One, I I I don't think anyone deserves fucking anything. You don't deserve shit. I don't think anyone deserves anything. I think that things are earned and they're given by a higher power because of the things that you've done. So if, like, I feel like wanting things is like, I mean, no, I'm not going to say that wanting things is narcissistic. It comes at which the root of how you want things is if you want things for a greater cause or for a greater purpose to be able to at the like be able to help people at the end goal. That's fine. But if you're wanting things out of just a monetary self gain, higher up level of saying the fact that you just did it just to do it. I 
I see that there's a strong issue with that because I feel like that's going to strain how you're going to develop and how you're going to grow within your career. Because if you feel that you made your one big break and you stumble on just sitting off the fact that you made one great movie, you won't be able to humble yourself and make a second one or a third one and a fourth one or the second and the third and the fourth one are going to be trash in comparison to your first one because you didn't have the same energy or the same perspective that you did making the first one then you have the second one that's just super hypothetical though yeah like super super narrow Mm -hmm. if if your goal is to make like i mean if your goal this is like one of the questions that i think the podcast was like based on if your goal is like not money like making making if your goal is like influence rather than money like an impact then making one good movie isn't a problem. Like that's like the goal actually. Like it's not just like repeating that or whatever. It's getting the most significant ideas that you have as a person out there. And you know, whether or not you can recreate that because recreating that isn't important. Like why do you have to, why do you have to say the same amazing thing five times rather than once? Like if it's amazing enough, it's going to stick. So I, I, don't, I don't think that like, I don't think that that's an issue for people who are sort of geared towards the, the I don't know, who, who align themselves on how much impact they can have on the world before they're gone. Yeah, yeah, because like myself, for example, going back to Gabe's question about how like myself and Laura, you know, you drive ourselves to, you know, create or do whatever, like, I'm not at all a creative type. And for me, I use monetary value as a great frame of reference, because I'm more in the STEM field. So to me, making money is proof that whatever system I'm doing is more efficient than the last, which in and of itself is an innovation. And whether or not that affects my legacy or how I'm perceived after my death, that's not particularly important to me because it's simple proof that I am, you know, succeeding in what it is that I'm trying to do. Okay. But if you, if you're okay, it's very interesting. If you, if you, if you're driven by money, right. And money and the way it works in capital in like a capitalist society is that, uh, people are going to spend their money on whatever they want. Like they have freedom of, you know, uh, freedom of like the purse, uh, like on a personal level. Doesn't that mean that you derive your, you orient, you orient yourself and derive meaning in your life based on the opinions and based on the wants of other people in your society? So aren't you just like a slave to the hierarchy and whatever, you know, hierarchy wants? I could. I would, I would say <laughs> not necessarily because... In that, for in, in order for myself to be a slave to the hierarchy, I have to take into account the opinions and considerations of every person. When really, I can look at it from a very detached and broad perspective of a, a particular industry, and all I really have to do is break it down into numbers. It's not. I mean, some people would call it like Machiavellian because people's opinions are essentially just numbers that you know show trends. That's. I mean, that's why Facebook wow. is a fucking powerhouse. You know, like. Facebook people think that they're the customers, but they're the product, you know. So people's opinions are simply an indicator of what direction you should go if you want to make money. So yeah. not necessarily. But so I mean, if there's a product that I know people want, it it then it doesn't really matter like how specific I get into like the the what about the product is that they want? It's more about just like getting it to market and making that as efficient as possible. So that doesn't really have anything to do with people's opinions. Yeah, but but the fact that you're even concerned with the product that people want means that you have some sort of you hold um, you hold the opinions of other people like highly. Doesn't that does that does that make sense? 
No, uh, not not for me personally, because I have like, you know, two or three things, essentially like a, a plan to get a particular product to market. And I haven't even asked anybody if it's a product that they would be interested in buying. It's just something that mm-hmm. I personally feel like it's something that I would want to have in my life, you know. So I'm just going off of that. And then all I really need to take into account is how to get it to market and how to maneuver doing that based yeah, off. Okay. Of but the thing, the thing is that you wanted to get it to market, right? The whole success of the product and the validation of your idea is based on whether or not it's based on how well the product is being received. So if you get it to market and no one buys it, like, would you think that was a good product? What isn't the, the sense of recognition and validation of the products like worth based on how many people actually want to buy it? Because if you have something that like represents your life, right? Like, let's say you want to make like, because just through the experience of your life, like you want to make a, a, a frying pan a certain way, right? Just because that's just how you you think that you know, it will be best adapted just based on your experiences and you want to get it to market. But if no one else has had the same experiences as you, right? And they just don't appreciate the frying pan and no one buys it. Wouldn't that invalidate your experiences as, as, a, as a person? No, 1000%. And I think that's the beauty of capitalism because it's a literal fail or pass. You know, it's yeah. like it tells as you whether person. or not your idea is garbage or not. Yeah. But it's a little tricky in my situation because the particular products I'm thinking about are essentially in just like a vacuum. Like there hasn't really been any work on the industry to do that. So it's, I don't want to call it like uh, pioneering, but. I don't really have a way to know whether or not that product is something that people would want unless I do surveys or unless I get it to market and find out my stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so for, for now, I don't know yet. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, but I mean, that shouldn't stop me from doing it. Yeah. It's really hard to avoid. Even if it fails, I can learn from that mistake and figure out what it is about the product that was wrong, whether I should start cleaning or if it's just a rework that needs to happen. But but the thing about the product that's wrong is like if if it's like the product that you make that represents your life like the thing that's wrong is you right that's that's like that's the issue because why did you make that product in the first place so if you changing it to fit the needs of other people means that you have to change aspects of yourself to fit the way that the world works well okay so this is actually really interesting because I was noticing this this has to do with like what I was saying earlier about integrity being an entry of very like a, a barrier of See, I'm not incredibly concerned about the fact that, like, I don't associate the idea with my identity. So if it fails, it's not like I'm going to be crushed as a person and think like, oh, you know, I'm just a fucking idiot who has no idea about doing this. Like, I guess. But if you don't associate the product with your identity, do you have integrity? Did you? Or why did you make the product in the first place? It's not about integrity. Like, I don't think that the product has to come out exactly the way that I envision because that's not a really good product. Product should be based off of, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, why, 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 why are you doing that, just, though? Can I, can why I just that? interject? Yeah, I'm I sure. I think this is where, like, the, the sciences and the arts kind of, like, diverge. Yeah. Like, the, in the sense of creation, like, art is more personal and subjective. Meanwhile, yeah. like, the sciences are more objective and, like, hard. Like, exactly. So you guys have a lot of pride in what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can, obviously. Yeah. But, you know. Exactly. You guys have a lot of pride in what you do. So, you know, if it if it fails, flat, if fails as is, as produced, that says a lot about who you are and, like, what you perceive to be, you know, important. That's, that's true. Really. 
Whereas Let me take, for me, I kind of derive value from like the, like it's for me it's about the process of creating it. So not necessarily about what is created. So if one doesn't like it or if it like fails, then that's them not liking the thing itself, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna like crush me because this didn't do well. So yeah. Yeah, but well, that's the, that's the integrity aspect of it, right? Because if you create a product, like I think this is a very, I don't know. But if you <laughs> if, if you were Your to make mind being boggled. Yeah, I'm bogging my own mind. Because if you were to make if you were to make a product, right? Like a really like why why is my abstract art worthless? But you know, if I had if I, if I were to add like you know some famous abstract artist's name at the bottom, like it would be worth a lot. Because if I were to produce it, just like the way the market works, just in like the economics, like if someone wants that, if they think it's a good product, they will buy it. But no one's gonna buy it because they think it's worthless because I it came from me. So in that sense, what they are buying, you know, when, when, when you have clout and you make a work of art, what someone is buying isn't the work of art. They're buying the clout that you have, your brand as a person, and they want to have a piece of that because it's the social capital that's important, not the art in that sense. That's why I can make the same piece of, piece of art as a Picasso and like it's worthless. worthless. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I just. No, you, you hit it. That was right on the money i think yeah that's really on the nose it's just that you know works of art aren't viewed as you know capital except you're unless you're somebody who's buying it specifically for the status of the cloud that comes with it but yeah. products completely different story yeah, yeah 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 it's not a work of art it's something that you are putting out with the intention of oh i think it's a good idea and i think i can make some money off of it if it's mm -hmm. not a good idea and that doesn't work out, then it should be something that's scrapped or reworked. It's not mm -hmm. like a statement as to who you are or an attachment to your identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't recommend Nothing against Murakami himself, but it's just that people just kind of like the cloud about him. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have good taste in anything. Exactly. Yeah. I doubt that some of the people that buy Pollux are, you know, <laughs> buy a paintball gun and a canvas, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, What's our marketing department's coming? Hmm. But do they work? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the reason that you like the things you like is because of a marketing department somewhere. I'm not like this is why I'm trying to switch off my phone forever because I feel like I I don't even know and you just buy smarter you know you just kind of like see through what they're trying to tell you and then just you know yeah the only escape to that is being conscious because even if you turn off your phone there's so many subliminal messages going on around you, that's that's not gonna you have, and you go to the pharmacy in the marketing department to try even the fact that you have the kind of phone that you have. Is the result of a marketing department. Or the fact that I find Androids cringe. Marketing department. That's. So the goal of a. Do you think. So you think the goal of a marketing department is not. Is literally just to increase the medical physical value of a product? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just make you want yeah. it. Just make, just you, make want you want it. it. Irregardless of the actual utility of that product. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, the real absolutely psychological manipulation. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like for example, um, you know that halitosis is literally—it's not a real thing. It was invented by Listerine in the '40s, and they use Pavlovian shame marketing 
to like literally convince people that people they were like, you know, are your friends talking about your halitosis? You know, like hundred percent marketing, hundred percent psychology, and you have like <laughs> Listerine, which has been around That's for decades because I of that. Used to be a vaginal douche. And so, like, if you look at, like, the ads from, like, the 50s, it's like, <laughs> you don't douche your coochie with Lysol, your husband is going to hate you. Oh, yep. no. It's fucking just spruce up after you take a shit, you know? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's... a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. Oof. Isn't that fab? <laughs> yeah. Marketers and advertisers are the real monsters of society. they're just feeling the desire for fantasy you know they're just helping us uh uh, build versions of ourselves that we like yeah and of course i do a cheeky bit of marketing so maybe that's why i'm a little biased um (laughs) but it's like but but what creates but what 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 rules are they playing by though like what excellent question an easy one sex um make yeah. it sense people will want it attractiveness um social status is a big one right it's all biological stuff though right yeah generally yeah yeah we're simple wow. <laughs> yeah. the only rules that they follow is if it if it elicits a specific chemical reaction in your brain it can be used to an advantage pretty much yeah i have a question I have a question. Uh-huh. So, and this with regards to marketing, art. If someone handed you enough money for you to be comfortable for the rest of your life, be more than comfortable, like live a very luxurious life, but you don't, like you have maybe 45% control over your product or your art, would you do it? Like, would you, would you sell it? I think it depends on the art. And do they make yeah. like, like outside it's of yours? It's like you made it. And it's just like well, you're talking about intellectual property, right? So yeah. That, like, like everything that you create. I think it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. I mean, like you, you, you lose the creative direction. Yes, exactly. You lose your creative direction, but you have the monetary values and gain from whatever you make. I guess it depends what your goal is. Because yeah. like some people want, like for me, like what I wanted to do is I wanted to like receive all this monetary gain from the work I do, and then be able to use that to actually like create this kind of community where people can work together to find solutions. And if you don't necessarily need to own it to be able to do what you want with your money. Exactly. Yeah. Because another thing is, if you get payouts, then you have so much capital that you can, you know reinvest and refinance and continue other projects so mm. it might it really depends on where you're at in your life what you want out of that particular creation mm-hmm. and how much you value it you know mm-hmm. like lucas arts he george lucas kept what star wars for the better part of 30 40 years before he sold it you know mm-hmm. and in retrospect he does regret it considering where it's been taken but you know now he's got a shitload of cash and he's calm with that, you know, so. Um, so yeah, I kind of the times. But yeah. also, it's like, if someone's like making that kind of offer for my art, then I know that like, 
<laughs> if it's valued at that much, then I could probably at least try to make at the very least half of that on my own. If someone's willing to make that kind of offer. So true. Yeah. Cause payouts literally value your work. So yeah. you yeah. can just say no and be like, well, now I know it's worth that much. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Think it's good. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Let's pull a point from the sheet. What are you thinking of? What am I thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> I can see you going like Yeah, I was honestly I was trying to figure out um I was trying to figure out how political identities tie into um like metaphysical value of a person um and how that works. And also I was thinking about like how uh like would I would I even care about the money and if 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 me like being rich means that I would have to dilute the portion of myself that lives on through my work, would I even want to do that? As well, that's what I was thinking about, and I don't, I don't think I would. Because um, I think that for me, again, the big ego thing and the big fear of death is that like I wouldn't want to risk not like shorting my life by like fifty years or hundred years based on like a couple million dollars. Like I don't think that's because money doesn't. You can't take the money with you, but you can take the influence and stuff. So uh, that's what I was thinking about. I don't think you can take any of it with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the end. True, yeah, true. But that's so but that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's weird God. though. No, no, but it's, he's right. He's right though, in the sense that like the I guess But it stays for your fam with your family, right? No, no that's not you though. That's not you. That's not like, family. Yeah, but but why is it important oh, to you yeah. if 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 no matter what it is, if the influence is important to you, like but why though? If you're gonna die, you're not gonna have any recollection of yourself or of the of the earth or whatever it is. Why does that even matter? And I guess it's like, it's like sort of like the nihilistic argument, but why does any of it matter in terms of living on? And why is it such like a biological impulse to do this? I think that it's partly cultural because, you know, we kind of grow up with like cultural ideas of, you know, ghosts, souls, et cetera. So even if it's not necessarily logical, there is kind of a subconscious part of ourselves that's like, I, I might be around in some form. Mm. It's not necessarily a big brain thing, but you know part of us is like, i think oh. i think it is i think it is a big brain thing in, in the sense that like it's the same way reason you have kids like yeah. you don't think that you're gonna you, i mean your kids are gonna live on you're gonna die but why are you having kids in the first place if you're not gonna be around experience any of this stuff after you're dead mm-hmm. and i think again it's like when you have a work of art that is you that is you know the the, the sum of your parts and some of your experiences you want it to live on past you because you think it's more important than yourself and it's also simultaneously a way to achieve immortality and to, to you know mitigate this this ego death that this like, metaphorically and literally that happens when you die <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry but you sound like um gus from the fault in our stars when he talks about oblivion oh. <laughs> <laughs> such a pocket insult Laura. Uh, yeah that is so bad ah, it's not happening it's it's not a, it's not bad, it's Gus. I mean, it's literally the fault in our stars. Come on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know, Gabe, that's a tough one, though, because, like, the way that I see it, because I'm super nihilistic and, like, <laughs> is that, like, even if you create some grandiose work of art that you feel like encapsulates who you are as a person, art is subjective, so that means that literally every fucking person who views it is going to have a different interpretation of your, yep. your essence. But I guess... The concept alone of it being up for debate is, I guess, something that 
prevents ego death, like you said, but is it the kind of elongation of your legacy that you want? You know, like is art is is art subjective though? One thousand percent, very but, much subjective. Which 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 aspects of art are subjective though? Well, think of take your take your screenplay for example. You you feel very strong about its brilliance, and you showed it to one individual who pretty much shit on it without providing any like you know mm-hmm. constructive criticism, as you said. So I would say art is definitely subjective, you know, and that's just one individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you guys are saying PTA. Some people think that what was it, licorice, whatever, is like gold, and others think it's garbage. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, if we're talking about technical stuff, then I think that in that case, it's not always subjective. Like, some artists are just, like, technically, like, they can draw a better fucking face than those other guys. So I think that in that respect, not always. True. Uh, yeah, that is a, the enjoyability of it. That's stuff. Yeah, I guess that's true. The abstractness and of the art. messaging. The message. The, yeah, yeah, the message that comes across, because, um, like, pink cat patients. Um, everyone taking that, like, as such a physical kind of like like her taking her messages so literally when they're actually well they are partly i think that's why that's what makes her such a good artist is that while she's talking about things that are literally happening in her life she kind of integrates the uh yeah yeah into those experiences so do you guys think that maybe because it sounds like to me if that's the case then maybe resonance is like the the aim I guess if art is super subjective and you're talking about messages, then isn't resonance really what you want to be shooting for? Yeah. Okay. Over a message. I don't. I don't think. I don't think art is super subjective in the sense that, like, at its core, the same way that stories follow the same, like, like Joseph Campbell hero's journey type thing. The same way that the best stories all hit these notes, like all of them, whether it's biblical, whether it's like Shakespeare, whether it's like the Avengers movies, it's always like. Like crossing the threshold, return the elixir, blah blah blah. It's that when you hit these notes, you are able to give a story out, put a story out, out in the world that that strikes like I don't know how how'd you say it? some some sort of like unifying like message almost. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's only like, and I think I guess there's only like so many ways you can tell the same story, and the message of that story has always been, I, I don't know. Has always been sort of the same. So in in that sense, it's like, is art subjective, or are you just trying to figure out how to hit um, those tones and those like beats as best as you can? Because th- those are the beats that 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 resonate with people, like, that make that make like these timeless ideas. Yeah. Well, I think then that depends on whether or not you want your your uh, what you're creating to succeed in a monetary sense, as opposed to you know, not like. No, but what's that be- like Marvel, for example, you know, like the message that they peddle is that humanity is, you know, unique and special and that there's something about us that makes us different and something worth fighting for, which I think is absolute dog water of a message and totally untrue. But the reason I love those movies is because of the associations I have, you know, with my childhood and the nostalgia. So it's like my value of those movies is purely subjective. I don't give a fuck about their message. They mean something to me for a totally different reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't consider them art. <laughs> you say I, 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 I still think that I still don't think that there there are archetypes that just like repeat throughout. Yeah, even I, as- I mean, broaden broaden just broaden it out in terms of like like 
things like rebirth um and uh things like like death like these they're they're strong archetypes that resonate with people at a at a level that is subconscious so if you're trying to like make an impactful work of art you have to hit those beats whether or not you know whatever whether or not it's a marvel movie whether or not it's like melancholia or some sort of weird indie movie it's like when you hit when you regardless of the story content when you hit an idea that is fundamental to the way humans the way the human uh neurobiology biology works and i don't know reflects some sort of ancient structure in our minds like that's when you have an impactful idea that lives on forever yeah so it's not i think it's objective in that way it's subjective in the sense that maybe that a story didn't resonate with you for some reason, some aspects of the story, but a fundamentally good idea, you know it when you see it, you know, like you, 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 you attach onto it. Well, because the, the archetypes, yeah. those fundamental ideas are pillars, you know, since the dawn of man, we've been writing about the same things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The mortality, what it means to be human, you know, mm-hmm. equality, all of those things. So, I just find it really interesting that you're saying that art's still not that subjective when you're saying that it resonates because it's a specific inter a subjective interpretation of a, of a fundamental of a theme idea. and a message that's been, you know, yeah, regurgitated for yeah. millennia. And and the strongest and the strongest works of art are the works of art that get closer to the fundamental idea. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think that when you have a painter or a filmmaker or something that makes something that for whatever reason you you are able to digest it and have it come out to be a fundamental idea or or like have it be revolutionary in the sense that it's a it's an idea that hasn't been i don't know said before or hasn't been expressed before those are the most fundamentally successful ideas it's like it's like for me like i was thinking like the person that came up with the idea of like superman or something it's like that is such a strong idea, and every single every, and every other superhero that flies and has super strength is like a like a subset of the Superman like character. Yeah. You know yeah. that, but why is that? You know like, I mean, why that? Why was Superman's yeah? The reflection of like he really fucking hit on an archetype that's been around. Like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, and that yeah. archetype, and that and that Superman archetype is like a, a sub like archetype of like the Christ of the Savior of God. Even and that's like a more yeah. fundamental. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody with the power of God who still be, you know comports himself as a human and is the most like the penultimate example of integrity. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like those are things that human humans really want to believe about themselves. And that's why I think humanity yeah. is so popular is because you know they just kind of made a big splash with that character that represented this archetype, even though it's. Not new. A lot of Christianity ideas aren't exactly original. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a yeah. major influencer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's trippy shit. I think that's at least when you want to communicate something with your with your format. You know, sometimes you just want to, yeah, paint some shit that's you know doesn't mean anything. It's just nice to look at. And that, and that's why that's again like why filmmakers and scriptwriters are so like are so like um i was going to say anal but that's strange word to use but but it's correct they're so like dogmatic about like sticking to script structure because this is a structure that resonates with people most often in movies it makes it more digestible or whatever and that's why the movies that hit that that script structure are the most successful because they are just fundamentally the easiest to digest 
like versus like indie movies that have like these weird um like time shifts or whatever it is like but that structure is something that is so fundamental to our being and as, as expressed through the 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 popularity and through like the use of religious texts that hit the structure to like to, on the like i don't know what is the word but they hit it exactly you know yeah for sure yeah crazy shit mm-hmm. yeah. I was just wondering where that stems from, like this Jesus or God, or like why? Dude, biological for sure. It has to be biological. You think so? Evolutionary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we put all the uh, you know most important survival values into a person, and then package but it. None of those. But none of those values are survivalistic in nature, which is like. Well, I mean, I don't think that you necessarily have to be like the. Well, I mean, in Superman's case, I think they. I would. think it came from control. Well, no, but I'm saying it's also. Oh, like, too. I think religion was a. Like and I think it was a. And so it's a human, the functioning of human societies, you know. So it's a, it makes sense that those qualities are, you know, deified literally. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's really about survival in like the raw, most brutal sense, but survival in the social sense. Mm-hmm. Or might be right on this, but I think it's a layer of control, right? Because yeah. the kind of states of offending are to keep people in in a very simple box, you know. No, like, but I don't. I, I don't I, think it's just control. No, I think I think it's like I think if because if you if you look at like all religions, they all have like like the same like characters like fundamentally. I think it's more so. A projection, like a metaphysical projection of the the physical like phenomena within the brain, and this like how we structure the world, and then just like projecting that into uh, a cohesive like mythos that people can you know believe in and have structure, and then from there align themselves within the world, you know, to make meaning out of themselves. Like that makes sense. Like, but that's that's what I mean by control, like shaping the world into a view that is deemed as what should be right. Right. Mm, yeah. That, that can be then used by people in in upper hierarchies for control. Right. No, but like, I, 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 don't think, I don't think the control. I think the control part happens um, subconsciously. I don't think it's an. I don't think it's like an actual conscious effort to control people using religion. I think that it is. It's more so people. People. I think. No, I think people want to be controlled in the sense that they want a god. They want some sort of higher power to have like some sort of validation that they have aligned themselves correctly within the and world. They want punishment to exist so that way they know not to do the wrong things. And they want a unified idea that brings them together because religion, even like um, what Judaism, like it, part of the reason why the religion stemmed is because it needed an idea to unify the tribe. So it's like, you know, it's not even necessarily about like, yeah, rolling in a bad way, but it's like people need. Yeah, that's what, that's what, yeah. Like, be around each other. Yeah, yeah, but I think it happens on a subconscious level. That's what I think. Subconsciously, very yeah. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I don't know if you guys can hear me, or I'm just I'm hear anything now. <laughs> I've been talking for a minute, but what? It's okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Your camera, your camera was off as well. Yeah. Oh, what? You give the green square when people talk. But maybe your mic's not picking anything up. Can you guys hear me now? Oh, mm-hmm. I see the square. Yeah. So I'm going to 
disagree because I feel like a lot of things that you guys are saying are kind of very low frequency and kind of low vibrational in the sense of like when you reach a very a higher conscientiousness or a higher self-awareness to you and the world in general, religion isn't something that you rely heavy on to be able to understand phenomena or certain things that are happening in the world. It's just something that you understand is another reason why people would like to reach a higher conscientiousness or another thing that people can repent from. It gives people meaning and it gives them understanding as to why they're here in this world and why they're here now. But when you reach a higher conscientiousness, you're aware that religion is a strong thing and you're aware that it's there. And I don't know how to say this, but... You acknowledge at, it. At an, at an individual level, yes, but at yeah, a like, societal level. Let's just keep it like we're on right now. Right now, right now, what's happening, specifically in 2012, end of 2021, beginning of 2022, we're hitting a paradigm shift where people are reaching that higher level of conscientiousness where they're, they understand that religion is a base, but it's not the end all be all. So when you're, quote unquote spiritual, you're starting to dive into the endeavors of spirituality. You understand that God, Allah, Buddha, they're all there. And you understand that. But in regards to your own physicality, you understand that you are a God des or God as well. Lowercase G, not capital G. But you know, it's it's within you. So you're understanding that God is there. God is here, therefore I am a part of God. I mean, you're saying the same I thing. We're, we're saying the same we thing. Are, we are, we are. Oh, we are. In the social, like, we're talking about how we're talking about the reason for religion. Yeah, as in, as in God being a manifestation of like your individual, the way that you align yourself individually. I mean, this is this is what Jung said, like God being the you self and God being the ego. Control, though. No, no, yeah, but we're so saying we're talking about the origins, the origins of religion. Yes, as in like oh, the now, physical now manifesting the, the metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plus, yeah. on top of that, even like the structures of religion are kind of determined by the few. And I repeat, it's, it's always few individuals that take the time to kind of reach these higher metaphysical states where they, you know, yes. Like what's his name? Uh, he came down from the uh, uh, mountain with the Ten Commandments. It's not like everybody mm-hmm. said, "Let's go up and see God." No, it just took one person that went up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That was yeah. literally or like a metaphor for you know taking the time to achieve that higher state and then kind of bring it back and, and, verbal, and verbalize it yeah mm-hmm. to be able to verbalize it that's what yeah, creates exactly. the, the religious aspect of it yeah not easy to be able to you know reach these higher metaphysical states yeah, and exactly. at the end of um the last episode of euphoria i don't know if like, you guys watched like, the after credit spits but um what's his name dan levinson the, the dan levinson. Yeah, yeah the director talking about how he feels that um when Rue gets like, really, really high, she's able to reach these, you know, like sort of spiritual states. And a lot of people, you know, if they take like psychedelics or whatever, a range of drugs, right? Talk about experiencing, um, you know, these mystical states. But then the thing with that is that like, even if you're able to reach that, if you're not able to like integrate the information and, yeah. you know, like verbalize it, talk about it, integrate like that, what you learn into your life, then it's not very functional. And so in the case of like religion, it's the people that like are able to reach those states and like bring uh, it back exactly that form uh religion and so i think that when it comes to the idea of control the perspective of it as like um something that's like um uh, against people right or like something bad i think isn't necessarily yeah. 
I mean, it's just not functional. That's not what I was trying to say. Oh, an accurate assessment of the religious phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, of course, there are extremes where it is, you know, genuinely like not for the betterment of the group. But generally, like the idea of control that's implemented in religion serves a social function that isn't necessarily low vibrational. It's just we're humans. We're animals. You know, we need to be able to keep our shit together. I yeah. say all the time. I literally say this all the time. I always like say this. I try to, I probably say this 10 times a day. We're not, we're not humans going through a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings going through a human experience. I hear that a lot. Even in our human experience, we still have violent tendencies and, uh, uh, you know, all these kinds of things that are, you know. Yeah. But those certain tendencies can like, they can be like quote unquote suppressed or controlled. Like, okay, perfect. Do you guys know what ayahuasca is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So when, when you go through that whole realm of doing ayahuasca, you literally die. Your physical body, like your, I won't say physical body, but your mental and your emotional state dies. You're literally reborn again. So you function through society like, being like you're 21, but in real, like in reality, you have all the experience and everything, but you're seven years old or six or five or three or two, whatever. But you go through certain things that no longer serve you. So when people say that they they were violent, we go through emotional breakdowns and all of that, that's your ego trying to find room to bring you back down to that human state. Because all these emotions are quote unquote human. But when you go through that higher conscientiousness, what purpose does it serve you? Purpose is violence. Can I just say, because then you need these to feel these things, because if not, then you become too attached with the too detached with what's happening around what's you. What's wrong with being detached? Everybody who's detached the but Sakina, with Sakina, being detached. You just said it though. You just said it the one thing I noticed, Sakina, about what you were saying is you're talking about the metaphysical identity of a human being being completely separate from their biological existence as a person, right? Mm-hmm. People feel emotions that are literally elicited chemical reactions. Mm-hmm. And simply because you have a level of consciousness that you're aware of that doesn't mean that you can overpower that. Like you're talking about a level of enlightenment that only like a handful of people throughout history, one, it's not a religion. Buddhism is, you know, it's a school of philosophy that like has deified somebody who's been able to attain that level. But you have the re- the issue with detachment is that when you don't recognize, like Laura was saying, those dark, darker aspects of you, whether they're biological or not, then you're not getting your full sense of identity or getting a full picture. All you're doing is picking and choosing what suits your ego best because you're not comfortable with approaching those things. Yeah, and then if like, I pull off, Watts spoke a lot about being aware of your shadow. Mm-hmm. You know that every individual needs to recognize themselves as who they are in the day and who they are at night. And unless you don't, unless you understand the two, you're never going to be a complete individual. Bukana, yeah. you're you're talking about using a drug that sort of removes the physical constraints of emotion and of uh, these primordial um, motivations and allows you to to go into the the spiritual realm. And, and whatever, whatever you want to call the spiritual, realm, you know, whatever it is, like whether it's like a projection of uh, of your uh, it, mental interworkings or it's like an actual spiritual, realm, whatever it is, it allows you to go in there and sort of understand and bring back these fundamental ideas 
and bring them back into your body and see things as they actually are. But 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 that but we're saying that on on a on a societal level, like what has happened is just that certain individuals were able to go into that, bring it back, you know, whether it was through drugs or whatever the 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 theories are of how they were able to do this, but bring it back and verbalize it in a way that was that was that resonated with the whole you know base of people, and that from from there that allowed them to sort of create structures and mythologies that allow them to align themselves according to whatever the spiritual was saying. So that's, we're saying that that's the manifestation of religion rather than it being something that to control someone or, or someone, or, or it being something that's sort of like a less, um, or less, uh, how to say majestic or, or it, we're saying that's not a, it's not a bad thing at all. It's, it's actually very deep in the sense that it's, it's that what you, what you just described, but on a societal and less, um, how to say explicable, uh, less explicable uh, way, I think. Yeah. Plus another thing I wanted to mention about this whole control versus like um, social need for religion is like, the thing is that like religion is, has been novel in different parts of history and throughout the entire world, right? Like different peoples have come up with different types of religions, whether it's monotheistic or, uh, you know, pagan, uh, like, it's really hard to just say, oh, religion is for control uh, versus this, like, for example, Native Americans, they're essential, I can't remember the name of it, it starts with a P, uh, but their essential type of spiritualism or religion was more about so that they could create a structure that could be passed down verbally to understand their place within nature. But then you have other uh, monotheistic, like, uh, Islam, for example, which I think had an incredibly philosophical root. And the whole concept was about how to live your life as best as possible, most fulfilling as possible. Then you have things like Christianity and religion, which were incredibly constrained. You know, they put all the rules on you about what you can and can't do, that there was clear punishments and lines that you couldn't cross. And if you did, you could never come back. And I think that's like religion in and of itself is something that I think was created for humans need for comfort in the, the unknowing of what comes after death and also for a need for structure and community. But then on the other hand, how it was used in society is what in some ways like tainted it into a mechanism of control. I think for sure Catholicism was something that a large group of educated people were like, Hey, people need this. Let's uh, let's, set up a really constrictive system that a lot of uneducated people will have no choice but to follow blindly and like it's just how it was used so well Marco, I, I have to sorry i have to disagree in the sense that like i don't think that the, the religion the religious aspect of spirituality was created as a means of control i think it was more so created as a means to explain these Sorry to interrupt, but he didn't say that it was created as a means of control. He said that it was then used as a means of control after it was created. Wait, wait, was no. but, but what do you, you said that the you said that the religion was created as, as something. I said that religion was created as a fundamental human need for community, structure, and an explanation for, you know, the mind bogglingness that is existence, you know, the concept of okay. mortality. Well, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had previously said that 
control was a part of it. But what I was trying to say is what Marcos just said. Yeah, yeah. Eloquated yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm adding it to my dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. That's interesting that uh, fear of death makes people either create art or create God. Mm. Funny. Oh, shit. Yeah. Funny shit. I think, I think, I think a big part of the control aspect of it comes from, because if the ideas are so fundamental, it's hard to explain, hard to, I think they they could be most easily explained through a series of stories and a series like you've seen the Bible. So that way it's like more, it's easier to integrate into everyday life and it's easier to, how how would I say, uh, see happen within the real world if you have it in, in stories. And the, the control part of it comes from people saying that, look at this story, there's a different interpretation that is not necessarily the fundamental idea, but rather what we are saying, the fundamental idea is, and if you look at like the history of like, uh, uh, like uh, Van Luther, it's like in terms of like letting people read the Bible for themselves versus having the Catholic church interpret it, you know, for themselves, like, like you were saying, yeah, like say like, this is a story, um, but this is the actual meaning behind it. Like this is what God was actually trying to say, not just necessarily what the story was. So yeah, very interesting. For sure, for sure. Okay. I do have to, I have to dip, I have to dip, guys. I got to go do some CS stuff, though. So, <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Bye. Conversation.